and widespread statement about the path of the soul from Saluk that there is something called Maqamat Ashara that there are ten stations on the path that a person will traverse before they reach the end and you will find these terms in many of the books of the Uliya and Salakin there are ten, number one, Tawbah, Inabat, Zuhud, Riyadha, etc. And they end at Radha. Radha is the tenth Maqam. So one person suggested to Hazrat that because there are ten talks in the month of Itikaf, why not give a talk each on each of these stations on the path of the Sawaf? So, looking at the benefit of this suggestion, we have decided to adopt the suggestion and give this month's series of talks on the Makamata Today's topic is on Tawbah to Nasuh. Allah SWT has made every person a mixture of good and evil. Those beings that are completely good are angels. Those beings that are completely evil are shaitan. And those beings that are a mix of good and evil, that is called insan. Every human being has some good in them and some evil in them. If their good is dominant over evil, then they're insan, a human being. If their evil dominates their good, they're a haywan, they're like an animal. And it's up to every human being, which do they allow to prevail in themselves, good or evil. That is why every single human being has certain attributes and characteristics and the first attribute that they have is known as Sifati Bihimiya which means their animalistic attribute what does that mean? they have specific attributes that they share with the animals so if you look at animals they have a ability to hunger and that's why they're always searching for their food they have desire therefore they procreate they mate with one another and they procreate so human beings have the same two basic attributes a desire for food and a desire for the opposite gender the second is their attribute of sab'iyah which is the attributes of the birds rather the attributes of the predators and one attribute of the predator is that they have ghil, they have malice, they have envy, they are able to kill all of these are the predatory attributes of men 
And the third is the Shifat Shaitani, the satanic attributes, that is envy, plotting, rebellion, disobedience, sedition, corruption, uh, making unlawful justifications for oneself. All of these things can also be found in a person. And on the flip side is Sifatirububiyya. These are the lordly attributes that belong to Allah SWT alone. Kibrai, majesty, grandeur, pride, love of oneself. These are attributes that befit Allah Ta'ala only. And because He is the master and lord of the universe, it does not befit any human being to have any of the lordly attributes. Allah SWT says that He is Ghani. It does not befit any human being to view themselves as Ghani. And Allah SWT alone is unique But if people sometimes like to think that nobody I'm also unique, there's nobody like me So that means that these falsely adopted the lordly attributes And the greatest constant punishment of sin Is that Allah SWT gets angry at a person There's no greater punishment No greater, no more terrible consequence of sin Than except that Allah Ta'ala could be angry with a person That person who adopts the lordly attributes Allah Ta'ala gets angry with them then when a person does sin Allah SWT takes away the the least punishment of sin is that Allah Ta'ala takes away their sweetness of prayer sweetness of dua sweetness of ibadah and the most intense punishment of sin is that Allah Ta'ala's wrath and anger falls on that person the least punishment that Allah Taala says that in Hadith Qudsi Allah Taala says the least punishment that I will give a person for sin is that at the minimum I will take away the sweetness and enjoyment and pleasure he takes in munajat which means in his prayers and entreaties and supplications to me so a person will not be able to pray with takbira ula in their salah they may miss their salah jamaat they may start missing their salah altogether once there was an alim from the Bani Israel and he was an alim and he knew what sin was but even there was still a sin that he did and he was waiting to see what would be the effect and consequence of that sin but he saw that after the sin my entire life is the same as it was before and then he kept doing the sin and then an entire year passed and then he said that oh Allah I'm doing sin but you are so kind so merciful that you are still sending me all the same blessings and bounties that you did before I sinned so then Allah inspired him and said that oh my servant and my slave you have been deceived you should reflect and remember that ever since the day you started doing the sin I've taken away the enjoyment of the sweet enjoyment and sweetness of the worship in the last third of the night then he realized that yes it's true that all year long I was never able to cry in dua so this is the least punishment that Allah SWT takes away our feelings in ibadah and you will find there are some people who say that that I'm not able to cry I'm not able to cry in dua I'm not able to cry in ibadah 
So when a person's heart is worried And a person's heart wants to be attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then a person's heart will melt Do you look at the mother whose son has passed away Do you need to give her a speech to make her cry? No On her own she is crying because she feels a sadness and a despair inside Just like that that person who has a worry and desire to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They will automatically be able to cry They don't need any inducement or stimulus to cry that's, so that's the first punishment of sin that Allah takes away the sweetness of our worship second punishment of sin is that Allah Ta'ala takes away our tawfiq to do a'mal we are not able to do a'mal of salih acts of virtue acts of piety acts of worship for example if a person notices that they are no longer to pray jama'ah Salah in congregation That means it must be some This is not because they're busy or they're lazy They should think that rather this is the consequence of some sin that I did And I have to find what that sin is and eliminate it from my life They shouldn't say that why do I not wake up for tahajjud They should say that why is it that Allah SWT does not wish to see my face at the time of tahajjud Why doesn't He let me wake up at that time It must be some sin that I did In fact even the angels are coming and Keeping me sleeping Petting and patting me to sleep At that time Instead of letting me wake up That the third uh, punishment For sin Is that whatever sin A person does The, the risk Allah subhanahu wa Removes the risk That he was going to send That person Personally so a lot of people say that they have financial worries, financial difficulties One reason for that is actually that this is a consequence of their own sins Sayyidina Aisha Rabbidatana narrates a hadith in which the Prophet said That that person who disobeys Allah SWT That even that person who praises such a person, praises such a sinner He's actually encouraging that sinner and then he will also start Sorry, the person who praises the sinner But the sinner will then Sometimes misusing his tongue He will misuse his tongue Against his family Against his wife or husband Against his parents Against his children His parents and children and wife Will start misusing their tongue against him So the next consequence of sin Is that if you sin Allah SWT will make creation abuse you Creation be upset with you Your children might become disobedient to you Your spouse may be disappointed to you Your employees and workers might become rebellious If nothing else was I said that whenever it was That I ever disobeyed Allah SWT on the slightest I could see even in the horse that I would ride That even my horse would become disobedient to me And if that day I didn't do in the slightest sin The horse would obey me completely And if I did a slight error Then the horse would obey me less
تو مخلوق اس وقت تک فرما بردار جب ہم اپنے مالک سے فرما بردار when Sheikh was sitting on his prayer mat and all of a sudden there was a strong wind and it lifted up his mat so he asked the wind that why have you moved the mat and the wind said that we are going to obey you as long as you obey Allah SWT and if you slip at all then we can take you away so what does it mean that if we were to become obedient to Allah SWT and submit to Him completely then Allah Ta'ala would make all of our subordinates and all of our colleagues and fellows become subordinate to us and the next consequence of sin is that all of creation curses the natural creation curses the human being who does sin what does this word la'nat in Arabic mean? It means that a person when they do one sin as a result of that cursing they end up on a second sin. If they're doing a small sin they go to a greater sin. Once they're done with that they move on to the next sin. They go to a greater sin. This is what it means that when Allah SWT curses a person Allah SWT says la'nat in Quran that He sends his la'nat on someone it means that He leads them further and further and further astray into deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. That's why leaving sin is the only option for us. And what is leaving sin called? That is called Tawbat al-Nusuh to make sincere and true repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means to leave everything that is blameworthy and do everything that is praiseworthy. Umar ibn Khattab used to say the true sincere Tawbah, Tawbat al-Nusuh is that a person make Toba from all of their sins and they should never ever return to that sin. Leave sins one sin for all and their intention is renunciation that they never ever want to return to it. It comes in a hadith that a person should make Toba that they would never ever return to the sin just like the milk can never go back into the udder just like that I will never go back to my sin is that the person who committed sin erases all of the effect of sin outwardly and inwardly so there's no trace of that sin left on him anymore neither outwardly nor inwardly in Sahal al-Tustri at nice tafsir of Quran he wrote that Tawbat al-Nasu is that you leave sin you leave just the way you started it you've left it and the way you st- as much as you used to be attracted towards sin you now despise that sin as much as you used to like it you hate the sin now as much as you used to love it then when a person the next sign of Tawbah al is that when a person remembers their sin at that moment their heart feels so much remorse so much regret so much shame even at the faintest mention of that sin that as if they were doing it just at the thought of sin they feel as much shame as another sinner would feel on doing that sin 
So that person who does Tawbah to Nasuh, they're always making istighfar, seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas said that Tawbah to Nasuh, true sincere and repentance means that your tongue is moist by seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that all of your limbs and organs are humbled in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your heart has remorse and regret from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your body leaves sin altogether the Nun Misri said The true and sincere Tawbah Tawbah to Nasuh Is that person who cries Over all the sins that they ever committed And to wail in front of Allah And weep over one's sins That is called Tawbah to Nasuh And this is the Tawbah This is mandatory Immediately after doing sin We make a mistake And we delay making Tawbah And we think that okay Now we're an old person What's the point of making Tawbah Over any sin we made when we were young So no We should think that actually There were two ways we should have made Tawbah Over that sin Number one was the Tawbah from doing the sin itself and now the second is we have to make Tawbah for delaying the Tawbah as we have to ask Allah's forgiveness for the sin and we have to ask His forgiveness for delaying and asking forgiveness for the sin so we shouldn't think that because time has passed is forgiven if we didn't make Tawbah initially early on that means we have to make double Tawbah for the sin and for the delay in turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and another sign of Tawbah is that after a sin, uh, after committing sin, if you do a good deed, then the good deed will erase the effects of that sin. In the book, Hunayat al-Talabin, is mentioned that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that I've not found anything better to erase old sins other than new good deeds. So if a person has old sins They should do new acts of worship New acts of virtue In other words it comes up Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful And He loves to forgive And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran That whomsoever brings to Him a good deed He will give them ten The reward of ten like to it So if a person does a sin It gets written And if he repeats the sin It's written again Let's say he does it five times And then after that he does one good deed so then Allah Ta'ala tells the angel who writes the good deeds that then you should erase the five sins and then write five good deeds. Because he got ten good deeds from the good deed. So he's actually only done one good deed, but the one good deed gets ten rewards. So five rewards used to erase the five sins and then five rewards for the good deed. So it means that if ev- for every five sins, if we do one good deed, we'll still be getting five rewards on each step. Then one hadith that comes out, there are eight gates to Jannah, and every door sometimes open, sometimes closed, but Baba Toba is the only gate of Jannah that always remains open. In Abu Shaykh Abu Talib Makkir Al-Bidaya He is quoted A hadith On the authority of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Masood Anhu Who says That Sayyidina Rasulullah Said 
that there was the Jamaat, the group of Sahaba Ikram, the lovers of the Prophet were present. So the Prophet said to them, that do you know who is a Taib, is a true repenter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They said that no, we don't know who it is. Tell us. And the Prophet said that the Taib, the person who makes Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, The person who makes Tawbah to Allah SWT and then all of those people with which he has some improper uh, person has some outstanding debts or liabilities or some problem in interpersonal relations he has to rectify that also for his Tawbah to be complete. Because if they make Tawbah or what about a person who makes Tawbah but doesn't change their outward appearance according to Sunnah? He also hasn't truly repented. Or third, what about the person who makes Tawbah to Allah SWT but doesn't change their company, doesn't change their gathering, then they also, their Tawbah is not complete. And that person who makes Tawbah, but however they don't change the way they spend, they don't change their adornment, they don't change the way they earn, they don't change their lifestyle, then that person's Tawbah is also not complete. If there's a person who makes Tawbah, but they don't change... They don't change the way they sleep They don't change their bed It means they have to change every single thing about their lifestyle For their Tawbah to be complete If there's somebody who makes Tawbah But however he doesn't improve his akhlaq, his adab Then his Tawbah will also not be complete That person who makes Tawbah But he doesn't make get a big heart and forgive others then his Tawbah is not forgiven complete. But if a person changes himself in all of the ways that were mentioned above, that person is Haq, is a true Tawbah, has made true and sincere repentance to Allah SWT. There's three types of Tawbah. Number one is that to make Tawbah from sin into good deeds. And this is what the average Muslim will do, the awam, that they have to leave sin and start doing good deeds. Allah SWT said, mentioned this in Quran, that indeed those who commit immorality and indecency and sin, they leave that for good deed. Second type of Tawbah is to move from a lesser good deed to a better good deed and to make Tawbah for the lesser good deed. This was for example Sayyidina Musa Salam. He said, in each of two, like that, oh, I make Tawbah to Allah SWT. Although he's a prophet, so a prophet doesn't do sin, so it means that you can also use the word Tawbah to go from a lower quality good deed to a higher quality good deed. And the third level of Tawbah, third level of Tawbah, Allah 
is that a person makes Tawbah from their Kaflat and makes Tawbah from their distraction from Allah SWT Sayyidina Rasulullah said that sometimes I also, I also make Istighfar 70 times a day and what was that Istighfar? actually sometimes on our heart a kafir or a condition comes that is slightly less conscious of Allah SWT so what happens when a person moves to the next stage so they get more conscious of Allah so if they feel more zikr of Allah they look back at their station before where they had less zikr and they make tawbah from that so that's the third type of tawbah when Munzum from one maqam to another a person makes tawbah for being at that lower maqam and that is the type of tawbah Sayyidina Rasulullah made 70 times a day that every time Allah Ta'ala would raise him in a maqam in his nabuwa he would make tawbah for being on the earlier maqam and once a person makes true tawbah then all of their amal are accepted by Allah SWT are makbul and if a person ever makes tawbah according to this description they should be certain and confident that Allah Ta'ala has accepted their tawbah they should never think that no maybe I don't know if Allah Ta'ala has accepted my tawbah or not no if you fulfill all of the conditions then you should be confident and certain of the outcome and if that's the way it is in this world and that's the way it is with Allah Ta'ala, when he has set the conditions and how to make tawbah if a person fulfills all of those conditions completely and does all of these steps that in their heart they should have no second guessing, no doubt, no skepticism. They should have absolute certainty that Allah SWT has definitely accepted my tawbah. Any doubt that comes is actually coming from shaitan. So the sharia wants to know you should have absolute yakin and certainty that Allah SWT has accepted my tawbah and now I should just live a life of taqwa. And it's been said that if you if you were to do so many sins such that they could fill the skies and reach the heavens, but then after that you became remorseful and regretful and shameful in front of Allah and Tawbah, then Allah SWT can accept your Tawbah and forgive all of those sins. That's why it is said that a person who gets four things, then he will never be deprived of four things. Number one, Number one, that person who has shukr will never be deprived of getting more. Means if he is grateful, will always get more. Second, that person who has toba will never be deprived of being kabul. Means if they make toba, they will always be kabul. They will always be accepted. Then that person who makes istikhara will always get khair. And that person who does mashra, mutual concentration, will always make the, take a step in the right direction. We should keep in mind that before we die, every single sin can be forgiven up till a person dies. No matter how big that sin may be, we see in Quran Kareem Allah SWT said Say to those who disbelieve That if they were to stop their kufar Allah Ta'ala would forgive them 
So if Allah SWT is saying in the Quran, even for the disbelievers, that if they were to leave their kufr, Allah Ta'ala will accept their tawbah and forgive for their sins. So there is no greater sin than kufr and disbelief. So within our lifetime, we can get even such a tremendous sin as kufr forgiven by Allah SWT. It means then that every sin can be forgiven by Allah SWT. And the benefit of Tawbah is that then a person gets preserved from doing sin in the future, protected from repeating sin in the future, and they become happy and content with less wealth in this world, they get more attached to their elders, they start preparing more for the Akhirah, they always have a sadness over their previous sins, and in their qalb, in their heart, they remain happy and pleased with Allah SWT. Anybody who has all of these, that's a sign that their Tawbah is Qubu. So that's why when we sit with the gatherings of the pious and elders, that itself is a proof that our Tawbah is accepted by Allah SWT. <coughs> Once there was a person, a man in Kufa, and he used to be a poet. And in one gathering, he was reading a melodious poem and he was given a nice voice. So Abdul bin Masudana saw him in Kufa and he said that, oh, it wouldn't be so nice that if this person could read Quran with such a nice voice that he has. And he heard, he couldn't, he, the poet, he saw that Abdul Masood said something and so he asked his friends, who is that person who passed by? He muttered something about me. And they said, oh, he is a Sahaba of the Prophet And the poet said that, what did he say? And he said that if you had such a nice voice, if only you could recite Quran. So then he made Tawbah from music and poetry, musical poetry, and then he started reciting Quran and he became one of the greatest Imams of Kirat. Similarly, there was a uh, immodest, immoral woman from the Bani Israel, and once there was a pious young man. And he saw her and he also came searching for her. When he came close to, to approach her for sin, but then he thought in his heart that for so many years I've done ibadah, worship of Allah If I was to do this sin with this woman now, Allah Ta'ala would be watching me. And then he started shaking out of fear. So the woman asked him, what's happening to you? He said, that I'm getting fear of Allah And whatever money I gave you, you keep it, but I don't want to do anything with you anymore. And she asked him, where are you from? And he said that I'm from XYZ place. And he left. But that woman prostitute was so affected by this person's fear of Allah, she said that this young man who's coming to do sin for the very first time, not even a repeat sinner, and he fears Allah Ta'ala so much, just so scared of doing this sin once, and I do this sin so many times with so many people, and how can I not feel fear? So she said that I also want to have this fear of Allah and she stopped that profession and then she went to that same place XYZ whatever village that he was from and she looked for him and when she, he, the young man saw her he got scared that she's come to my door and maybe she wants again to invite me to sin so he got so scared when he saw her that that young man actually passed away and died right there in a state of fear so the woman she saw that he fell and he died 
So after then he was buried and everything And the woman said that actually what happened was that I was prostitute And I came with a sincere intention I wasn't coming to do the sin I wanted to ask him how he got that fear of Allah Taala, So I could get it too So I came from my toba. So then she said that does he have any relative So they said yes he has a brother He's a very pious young man So she said okay I want to marry him and they got married and they had seven sons And all of the seven sons were the, from the awliya of the Bani Israel So this woman she was originally a prostitute But because of one pious man's fear of Allah SWT She changed her life completely So from this we can understand That the people who are pious and have taqwa When we sit with them our life does change And this is something of tremendous benefit to our hearts Allah SWT give all of us tawfiq to make toba that's why Allah said in the Quran that oh my servants and slaves oh you who are hurting your own self and transgress with your own self on sin you should not despair from the mercy of Allah SWT indeed Allah SWT forgives all of your sins entirely and some ulama have said that there some ulama have mentioned ten Ten points related to this ayat. Number one. The number one that Allah SWT has called upon His sinners by saying Abdi, by saying that you are my slave. Allah SWT has called the sinners as my slaves, Ya Ibadi. Even though they are sinners But still Allah Ta'ala is saying that By doing sin you have not exited my servant and slavehood But you remain mine Look at this mercy of Allah SWT That when a father in this world gets angry at his son So he never goes and says Oh my son And then gets angry at him He says he, Lester tells his wife Tell your son that he shouldn't be like this so Tell your son he should be careful Instead of saying my son He says your son Why? Because he's so angry with him He cannot say the words that he's my son And if that is the way a parent is with their child in this world But compare this to Allah SWT That his mu'min does sin But Allah Ta'ala still addresses him That oh my slaves So that means that number one That the sinner has not left the slavehood of Allah SWT Second Second that Allah SWT didn't just call him Ibad Servant and slave Allah Ta'ala called him Ibadi My servant and slaves So look at the mercy of Allah SWT That is telling that person that you are still mine That no matter how many sins you have done Number one you are still a slave You are still an abd You can't stop being an abd And number two you are still my abd You are still mine Number three That they did zulm They wronged their own selves What does it mean? That means that they When they did sin They faced the consequences themselves It was to their own detriment And their own harm so what does it mean Allah is saying It hasn't changed Allah in any way It hasn't affected Allah's majesty in any way The sins you have done have only affected you What it means is It hasn't affected the majesty of Allah's mercy in any way The fourth thing Is that you shouldn't get You shouldn't despair 
Allah Ta'ala's mercy La taknatu min rahmatullah Fifth thing is that rahmatullah That this is Allah Ta'ala's mercy That you should not despair of the mercy of Allah So Allah Ta'ala didn't say that don't despair from rahmati, my mercy he said, no, you shouldn't despair of the mercy of Allah. Because still, the person, if they said rahmati, if Allah said, my rahmah, Allah SWT wanted to make it more clear. He didn't even say, use a sifat name like rahmat al-Rahman. He said, rahmat Allah is mizat. Allah Ta'ala used His own personal name and said that don't be, don't ever despair or give up hope on getting the mercy of Allah. So number six, Allah SWT repeated his isma azam and then said, Inna Allah. So this is for emphasis. That's the sixth point. So the person felt even more sure. And the seventh, Allah SWT said, Jami'a. This wasn't necessary because Azanub is already plural. Allah Ta'ala forgives sin But by saying Jami'ah Allah Ta'ala made it clear that Entirely all sins will be forgiven Then Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala said Innahu huwa ghafoorul raheem That Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala is ghafoor And also Allah Ta'ala is raheem Ghafoor the all-forgiving And raheem the all-merciful and then innahu huwa ghafurul rahim This is also a type of hasr which means that Allah and Allah alone He that Allah is all forgiving and all merciful So it means that no one other than Allah spawned us al ghafur And no being other than Allah ta'ala al-Rahim So in this one ayah there are ten nukat Ten points by which the sinner gets the hope of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but then they will be so sure that definitely Allah ta'ala will forgive me as long as I ask him for his forgiveness so the beginning of this path of saluk and the first maqam on these ten stations is toba and to make true toba from one sense <coughs> and the way to remove the evil in oneself and to let the good triumph is to have two things, remorse and fear. Just like if there is some dirt on a clothing, you need water and soap. And if you apply these two things, then the dirt will be clean from the clothing. Just like that, if we want to clean our ruh from the dirt of sins, we need number one, hope, the fear of Allah SWT, and number two, nadama, which means nadma, which means remorse, regret, shame over our sins. So knowledge, ilm of deen, this is a good way to understand the, the knowledge enables the person to understand the negative consequences of sin. Imam Abdullah said that a big alim, a big scholar is that person who has deeply knows the effect of sin on human being. <laughs> And because of a person's own amal If a person due to their own mistakes They lose out on their beloved Then they become extremely sad Even in this world If because of something we did Something we do We end up missing out on the meeting with our beloved Then our heart becomes extremely sad 
is because of my mistake I was deprived because my mistake I lost out I missed out so just like that if due to our sins on the day of judgment if we are not allowed to meet and see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then can you imagine how much sadness will come on a person's heart so therefore it comes in hadith that there is nothing more beloved to Allah Taala than that young man and woman who makes sincere tawbah to Allah Taala. So when a young man and woman makes tawbah to Allah Taala, then Allah Taala accepts that tawbah and becomes very happy and pleased with them. And it comes in hadith. But when Allah Subhanahu loves a person, then no sin can harm them. What does that mean? That means Allah Subhanahu protects them from the negative effects of sin, and then Allah Taala removes all traces of sin. Then Allah Taala changes their sin into good deeds, and so the sins actually, when they're converted to good deeds, become a means for them to elevate in their status in Allah Subhanahu Taala. In the said that this Quran is actually. It tells you what the cure It tells you what it diagnoses Whatever illness is And it also tells you the cure for each one And as far as the illness of sin The disease of committing sin Then the cure of that sin The cure of the disease of sin Is to make istighfar and tawbah To seek the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu And repent to Him That's why Hassan Basra used to say That you should increase your istighfar In your homes and you should increase your istighfar on the places that you eat, on your table spreads, and on your paths, on your walkways, and also in your markets and shops, and in your gatherings, in your friends, in your gatherings and assemblies, and then then wherever you are, you should increase in your istighfar. Because you have How do you know What what moment it is In which Allah Ta'ala decrees That He accepts forgiveness Who knows which moment Allah Ta'ala will gaze upon us Softly and kindly And accept our istighfar So therefore every moment We should be making istighfar So when the right moment comes We are in a state of istighfar Once there was a person Who came to the Prophet And he said to the Prophet I am a grave sinner My whole life has been spent in sin And now I am old And my hair is white But now I want to work for my akhirah And accept deen of Islam So this was his question That I am very sinner Lifetime of sin So Sayyidina Rasulullah Have you recited Kalima? And he said yes I recite Kalima And then the Prophet said That by reciting the Kalima You have repelled all effective sins And you will get all the rewards of good deeds And then because of your Kalima All of the sins that you did Will actually become converted into good deeds So then he asked the Prophet That all the disobedience I did All of the sin I did All of the immorality I did All of that is going to become good deeds 
and in his life he did 27 big sins 27 kabair of the major sins in his life but then when his life changed then he started worrying about toba so he said that okay for every sin I will make istighfar 1000 times for every sin I will make istighfar 1000 times plus I will pray 1000 rakats nafal salah for every one of those 27 sins and in every two rakats nafal I will recite an entire Quran so it means 500 recitation of Quran and then he would cry to Allah Ta'ala that still Allah Ta'ala I don't know if I've made up for my sin so 27 sins for every sin 1000 times istighfar and 1000 nafal salah such that in each rakat nafal salah he would do half the Qur'an so complete the Qur'an in two rakats means 500 recitations of Qur'an 1000 rakat salah and 1000 istighfar for each sin that he did and this is the way people make tawbah that those people whose hearts are ignited that we have to somehow get Allah to forgive us for sin we have to wipe away the sin and this is how they try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our hearts as well if we could get this desire and this thirst and this yearning that Allah Ta'ala would forgive us and accept our repentance and we would also spend our time doing more ibadah more forgive more istighfar Sayyidina Umar Sayyidina when he used to see children he used to tell them that make a stick far from me because you were that human who has never committed a sin because you're innocent you're children so he used to tell children you make a stick far from me and same thing Sayyidina Abu Hurairah used to tell the teeth the children this sentence that Allah maghfir na Abu Hurairah that oh Allah forgive Abu Hurairah and then Abu Hurairah used to command the children that when you make dua you must make dua for me and then he used to make ameen on their dua and he's a sahaba of Sayyidina Rasulullah and he's narrated the most amount of hadith you can imagine how much how much worry he was and how much desire he had that Allah Ta'ala forgive him for sin that he himself would make ameen over the children's duas He has written in a book of Rawzat al-Mushtaq He has narrated this hadith Sayyidina Rasulullah said 
that on the day of judgment a person will come in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala will present to that person Tawbah and Tawbah will be given an appearance and it will be a beautiful appearance and it will be fragrant and just like in this world if there's a very somebody wears very good fragrance you like to be near them just like that Tawbah will be made like that as a fragrance uh, However, no one on the Day of Judgment other than a mu'min, other than a believer will be able to see the beauty and smell the fragrance of Tawbah. Only a mu'min. An unbeliever won't be able to see that on the Day of Judgment. And they will see Toba on the Day of Judgment and they will love the Toba. And they will be so happy to see Toba on the Day of Judgment. And that person who repeated sin and did it over and over again, that's called a Fasik or a Fajr, they will say, that what is it that, O oh believers, what, you're, what is it that you're looking at? How come we can't see that? In Itoba, how come we can't see what is it you're seeing? How come we can't smell the fragrance of what you're smelling? Neither are we able to see it, nor are we able to smell its fragrance. So then Toba will call out and respond to the repeat sinner and unbeliever. And say that in the world, when you were on the life of the world, you were, I was, pre- I was presented in front of you in the world, but you had no attraction towards me. You were not interested in me. And if only you had accepted me on that day, then today you would have found me right here waiting for you. But you didn't accept me. You didn't accept my offer in the world. You weren't interested. You weren't inclined. You were so busy in sin. You didn't even know when the sun rises and when the sun sets. If you had accepted me, my invitation in the world to make Tawbah, then you would have found me waiting for you in the Day of Judgment. So the sinners and disbelievers will respond to it on the Day of Judgment. It says, okay, fine, then we make Tawbah. So when they say that they will make Tawbah, then a caller will call out from the underneath the arch of Allah SWT. And what will they say? They will say, hey, how did go far away? Why? Because the days of opportunity have passed. And the day of the, the time of Tawbah has expired. Even, that even if you were to bring the dunya and every single thing that is inside the dunya, if you were to bring all of that and present it, even then, today your Tawbah would not be accepted. Because the time for Tawbah has passed. And there will be no mercy dispensed on your shedding of tears on this day, but there would have been mercy dispensed if you had shed just a teardrop in the world.
Then Toba will go far away from them. And then the mercy, angels of mercy will also go away. And then the sinners and disbelievers will be left alone. And then again a caller will call out from Adnita Arshavala that, Oh, you are the fuel of Jahannam. Oh, treasure, oh, gatekeeper of Jahannam. You should come here. And you should come and collect the enemies of Al-Jabbar and the enemies of Allah SWT. So we should think that how easy it is in this life and today that if we make tawbah to Allah SWT and we seek His forgiveness for our sins and we cry but then there will come a time in our life to become a day and a day of judgment when making tawbah will no longer be an opportunity available to us. So in these gatherings, in these assemblies, in these days of Atikaf and month of Ramadan, we should take advantage of the opportunity to make tawbah. We should feel it in our heart. Once a young man from Habish came to Sayyidina Rasulullah and he said that I commit a particular sin of immorality, indecency, and Sayyidina Rasulullah make tawbah. The young man made tawbah. And then asked the Prophet that is my Toba accepted? And Sayyidina yes, your Toba has been accepted. Then he asked another question. He said, O Nabi Akhim when I used to do that immoral sin, that that time was Allah Ta'ala watching me doing that sinful act? And Sayyidina said, Yes, Allah Ta'ala was watching you. So when he said that, Yes, Allah Ta'ala was watching you, then that young man cried out and then he fell down and he died out of shock and fear. So then say none. Why? Because he was so afraid that Allah Ta'ala was watching me when I was doing this and he saw me in that condition. And then he died on the spot. Abu Amr bin Alwan has written about himself his own incident that once I was praying Salah and I started getting some thoughts lustful thoughts inappropriate thoughts and inside prayer uh, inside the prayer my organ expressed its desire understand and then I, after I finished my salah I looked in the mirror and in my mirror the evil of my deeds had put suit on my face and then I thought to myself that what's the matter with me that I became like this in salah and now Allah Ta'ala has spoiled my appearance and but I, but I couldn't get anything I couldn't change my appearance for three days I made tawbah to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala and then I thought that I should go to my shaykh but he went on the third day after this I went but then my appearance became fine again and then when I came back to Shaykh even though I hadn't said anything I just said Salam the Shaykh was Janine Baghdad he said that if 
تمہاری طرف سے میں نے توبہ نہ کی ہوتی آئی ہیڈ ناٹ میں توبہ آن یور بہ فار دیٹ سین آف ڈیزائر دیٹ یو فیلٹ ان سلا then your appearance would never have changed and you would have showed up on the day of judgment with this disfigured face. So he said that I didn't even get a chance to say anything. All I did is I went and I said salam and right on when I said salam take the name of that I said that if due to this desire of sin of yours I hadn't made a stick far and took on your behalf then you would have gone with the same disfigured appearance in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.